light we can't always see. If there is a world we can't always be. If there is a dark, now we shouldn't doubt. And there is a light, don't let it go out. So I've reached the age where my daughters have given me a hard time about some of the music I listen to. They call it dad rock. And those were some lyrics from one of my favorite dad rock bands, U2. But reflecting on where we find ourselves on this first Sunday of Advent, I just felt like singing them out loud. Along with the sacredness of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which we sang together just a few minutes ago, this secular hymn also reminds me that Advent is a time of anticipation, of penitence, of pondering the intersections of life, death, faith, and hope, of gentle song, of praying to the living God who comes to us in the darkness, who saves us in the darkness. Over the next four weeks, we will light candles to ready our hearts, not only for the celebration of Jesus' birth, but in anticipation of the second coming of Christ in glory. We once again enter Advent in the half-light of the fading autumn. The days are shorter. The daylight is with us for less and less time. Now that the leaves have surrendered themselves to the earth, creation is preparing to go into hibernation. But as the new church year begins in 2020, the world is weary. It is sober. Advent is a time of expectant waiting. And I don't have to mention to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that it feels like 2020 has been full of nothing but waiting. The season of Advent arrives as we move into the second resurgent winter of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're waiting for a vaccine. We're waiting for the devastated economy to recover. We are still waiting for racial justice. We are waiting to be with each other again. We are waiting for so much. I'm preaching to you this morning from the Stone Chapel of Trinity Retreat Center. It's an Episcopal mission in Northwest Connecticut. Usually at this time of year, the house is filled with the footsteps, laughter and conversations and prayers of those who have gathered at, uh, together at God's banquet for our annual Thanksgiving retreat. It's not just for paying guests. Over the course of four days, we welcome anyone who is hungry or lonely to the table to give thanks to God. And then on Sunday morning, before everyone says goodbye, we gather in this chapel, we light the first candle of Advent, and that first candle, as Paul just said, represents faith. And in many Episcopal churches, it also represents hope. But because of the pandemic, this year the house is closed. It's quiet. 
it's still, we can't be together like we wanna be. Our two daughters are usually here with me and Heidi, joining us at the table and in this chapel, welcoming the stranger and our neighbors. But we're existing in a pandemic diaspora. On Thanksgiving night, just a few nights ago, the four of us had to settle for praying and eating together via the blue glow of Zoom. Our oldest daughter had signed on from Oakland, California. She grew teary-eyed as she shared her loneliness. And she shared her frustration at being unemployed since last March. In her weariness, she said, Dad, Mom, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. A lot of people are feeling that way right now. You've probably heard those words this year. I know I have. In fact, I've said them myself. I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I can't wait, wait, waiting. In the dark times of life, when we're overwhelmed with unwanted change, it's only human, it's very human to want to quickly ease the pain, to escape the uncertainty, to get back to what used to be. As Kyler reminded us in his sermon last week, we are called to touch the weary with the warmth of God's kingdom. It can seem hard to do that right now when we're isolated. But I'd like to invite you to look at what today's gospel reading from Mark is helping us to see and to do in times like this. Jesus's words remind us that we are not in control. We can neither predict nor command how God works in a broken and hurting world. But they also promise hope. They call on us to be faithful. They promise us that God the Father will not abandon us to the darkness. In today's text, Jesus tells us what we should be doing while we wait. This chapter of Mark begins with the disciples admiring the temple. They're really impressed by the large stones. And Jesus responds by basically saying, well, if you think that's impressive, wait until you see the change that's coming. It will throw down all of those big stones. And then he jostles us with an ominous sneak preview. In those days, Jesus begins, he says the hour of his final coming will be cosmic. All of God's creation will play a role. The sun and the moon will go dark. The stars will fall from the sky. It will be unmistakable. It will be clear. The lights that bring us comfort, the lights that have brought us comfort for eons will suddenly go out. We will find ourselves in darkness before the Son of Man comes again in the clouds, gathering his elect from the four winds, from the ends of heaven and earth. But no one, he says, neither he nor the angels in heaven knows the hour that this will happen. Only God the Father knows. Beware, keep alert, Jesus tells his disciples. He doesn't say to go to sleep. We may be waiting, but Jesus doesn't want us to wait idly, just letting time pass us by, 
hoping life will stay predictable and comfortable. Keep awake, he tells us. In fact, he says it twice. Keep awake. Right now, in these tense and uncertain times, it's really good to hear this from Jesus. It's interesting to hear how Jesus uses time to keep our hearts centered on his presence. He does it in a way that should speak to anyone who feels broken and stuck in this moment. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly calls on his followers to think about the hour. Often he uses the hour to invite us to contemplate, to contemplate about how God's radical love is working in the moment, and especially in the darkness. In Matthew, he tells his disciples to stop being worrywarts. It won't add a single hour to their lives. In John, he tells them the light is with them only a little longer. The son of man who came to us incarnated as a baby in the manger is intent on transforming the painfully dark, his death on the cross into a powerful symbol of forgiveness and reconciliation. This, he says, is the reason I have come to this hour. Miracles and healing are done in the hour. At the Last Supper, Luke tells us that when the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table. And in today's passage from Mark, Jesus builds up anticipation for an hour we shouldn't even try to predict while urging us to stay present in the here and now. We can't go to sleep. There is time for mission before the Lord returns. Jesus needs us to show up every hour of our lives, to faithfully endure and confess him before the world in spite of the darkness. Keep awake. Keep awake. Shouldn't this be how we approach all Advent times of life? Jesus makes it clear that we are not a faith that tries to escape from time. Indeed, if we are living the gospels rather than just talking about them, time is an opportunity. It's a chance to connect with God's grace, to reconcile with our maker. It's not something that we try desperately to save up, holding on to it until it feels normal again. As the risen Lord in Christ crucified shows, it is in our darkest hours that God is most threatening to transform us. May I offer that we are exactly where God needs us to be in this season, in this hour, in this advent, in this precious breath. Advent challenges us to give up our usual sources of illumination, to give up our usual ways of seeing with faith that we will find our way forward. If we surrender to God and not to the darkness, our eyes have time to adjust, to find the light of Christ scattered and within us, and then to hold it up for the sick, 
the poor, the hungry. There are so many hungry right now. And the meek. Waiting time should not be wasted time. The promises of God cannot be delayed. As the prophet Isaiah tells us today, we are God's work shaped lovingly with his hands out of clay to bring Christ to the world. As the baptized, we are vessels of living water. If we give in to the temptation to hibernate, to isolate, to wait for the darkness to just go away, that water goes stale. We are the fire that won't go out. We can't let the pandemic become an excuse to stop tending that fire. When darkness overtakes our lives, the Son of Man is near. Christ's presence, our healing and salvation, are always taking part in the messy times of life. We are in liminal times. In Advent times, we live in between what was and what will be. That means we can't go back to life before COVID. We are changed forever. While we are waiting, we shouldn't be looking in the rearview mirror. Having hope, having faith in the coming one dictates that we need to be changed in a way that transforms this time of suffering and conflict into grace and peace, to focus on the work that needs to be done. Sure, there are parts of normal that we should yearn for. The normal of children and playing and learning together at school. The normal of gathering together around the table to remember Christ through blessed bread and wine. The normal of greeting and loving our neighbors without a face mask. But there's nothing normal about the story of the cross. There's nothing normal about the resurrection. There is nothing normal about the second coming. As Black Lives Matter has made clear, we are traveling through a time of resistance. We should be resisting so much of what we used to consider normal. How about a normal where busyness isn't equated with goodness? How about a normal where we try harder to find God and the people we disagree with the most? Where we choose what is life-giving rather than what makes us complacent and comfortable? How about a normal where wealth isn't a precondition for health? Or normal where our neglect of creation doesn't turn the sky a fiery orange. Or a normal where our leaders are tough enough to be kind. How about a normal where white people have the guts to admit our own complicity in systemic racism? Keep awake. Yes. Keep awake. This age of social distancing is limiting. We can't get out as much as we would like to do God's work. But consider this. The Apostle Paul often wrote his letters from jail. Still, he was unwavering. Even in the darkness of his cell, he believes in the light of Christ and lets it shine. Paul writes, be prepared in season and out of season. Advent is indeed a season to prepare, to reset our lives around Jesus. 
As we dwell on his words in today's apocalyptic discourse, consider that the word for apocalyptic in Greek, apocalypsis, means unveiling. What is God unveiling for us right now? Where is he opening a door for us? While the first candles of land represent hope and faith, faith and hope, in the old Anglican liturgy, the traditional topic of preaching on the first Sunday of Advent was death. If we are awake in the resurrection, death, faith, and hope aren't such strange bedfellows. Advent reminds us that lockdown, sorrow, sickness, suffering, and death do not have the final say. It looks beyond birth to death. It invites us to contemplate death. But it also reminds us in powerful ways what hope is through Christ who defeated death so that we no longer have to fear it. He has gone before us and has even prepared a place for us. We are waiting for something. It is coming. He is coming. Jesus is coming. And when he does, the kingdom of God will be established so that peace and justice will be normal. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus tells us, but my words will not pass away. Have faith. Those are hopeful words. And keep awake. Waiting becomes our prayer. Waiting creates space for us to have our daily visitation with God, who is among us, and to give thanks, even in 2020, especially in 2020. Thanks for the technology by which God still allows us to be in communion with each other in faith, family, and friendship. Thanks that as 2020 wears down, that God has graciously given us a reminder of Advent when we move slower and listen more than we speak. A vaccine is coming. Someday soon we'll be able to walk out into the sunlight together again. And there's gonna be a lot of work that needs to be done. Will our souls be prepared? There will be other disruptions and disasters in life. Life is not going to happen the way we planned it. But whatever may come, and we can't predict it, we are expected to ultimately put our trust in the foundation of our faith. By the hour, by the day, with each flickering candle flame, we are going on a journey and still writing the bigger story of Jesus. Along the way, stay alert, keep awake, be still, be quiet, be prayerful, be kind to yourself, be changed, listen, trust, watch, wait, and if it helps, light a candle and sing gently into the darkness. There is a light we can't always see, if there is a world we can't always be if there is a dark that we shouldn't doubt and there is a light don't let it 
go out. Amen.